Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48 yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobbed one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15 10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4 yard line. Holy Here's the snap. Pressure coming from the outside. Brady throws it back. Hot ball first out of the 50. Outside the numbers 40. To the 30-yard line. To the 25. And Perriman. Bashad Perriman. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Fox win in overtime. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. All fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there the cannons go. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. As you can see, I am not Rhett Matthew. Um, So... Uh, Rhett is feeling a little bit under the weather, um, so he wasn't able to make this one, unfortunately. But don't worry, uh, he'll be back on the next episode, most likely once we do a draft recap. But for now, he is uh, he's manning the ship on the production side for us. So this would not be possible right now w- without him. So uh, appreciative of Rhett. Yeah, it's a it's a fancy way of saying I'm here in spirit. So I am yeah. here listening. Uh, I just won't be talking very much because it, it hurts to talk right now. But uh, we're rocking, man, getting into this draft coverage. Better late than never. Yeah, we we appreciate we appreciate Red, and we aren't uh, we aren't uh, alone today. Okay, we are joined by the honorary third member of the show, uh, Mr. James Hill, aka Mr. Bucks Nation. James, how are you tonight? Well, I'm not Evan Wanish, so oh. I can't be the co-host for this one today, but. Uh, you know, I'm very happy to be here. Very happy to fill in with, uh, you know, it's that next man up mentality. You know, that's what it's all about. You know, having to come in, sub in, you know, very close to game time here. You know, I'll try and do everybody proud here and uh, talk about some upcoming Buccaneers draft stuff, which is tomorrow. So very exciting. Hard to believe the draft is already tomorrow. Um, it's it's crazy to think, right? I, I honestly, it doesn't feel like it's it's completely draft season. It's kind of snuck up on us, but uh, I think it's I think it's kind of because of how crazy this off season's been. Just you know, all the the twists and turns that that have come with it. So, um, you know, let's dive right into it. Uh, obviously, the draft is tomorrow. The Buccaneers hold the twenty seventh overall pick. Uh, so obviously it's a later one. Uh, we were used to that last year with, with picking 30 seconds. So um, this football team, they obviously are expected to be one of the best in the NFL, right? There's not many holes. So the first question that I wanted to ask, and obviously we'll get, you know, we'll get your opinion on it, James, as well as mine, but I want to throw it to you first. Do you think, do the Bucks have a need, right? Do they have something where you're looking at it, you're like, they could, they need that, you know, uh, is there any position in particular that you're looking at and you're thinking, yeah, th- this is something that they could really need. Yeah. It all depends firstly of, of what your assumption is, is to certain guys being brought back. If you assume that Rob Gronkowski is not going to come back, he's going to retire. Then you could say tight end is a need for this team. However, if you assume he is going to resign with the team, then that crosses that off the list in terms of an immediate starting caliber type of need 
Similar thing with Ndamukong Sue. If you assume that Ndamukong Sue is not going to re-sign with this team, they won't be able to work out a deal. Uh, again, I, I doubt that at this point. But if you do assume that, then you would say that defensive end is a need for this team or interior defensive line. But again, the opposite. If you assume he is going to re-sign, then no. Uh, you would say that interior defensive line is not a need for this team. The only other position that I see being, you know, 100% hey, they, you know, could clarify or could could classify this as a need is possibly left guard. That is the last position where you don't have a 100% starter, or at least a, a guy that you know is going to be a starter in place. Uh, we've heard the Buccaneers coaching staff, the offensive line coach, can't remember his name at this moment, but I know he had talked about, I believe yesterday or two days ago, guys like Aaron Stinney, uh, Robert Hainsey, and Nick Leverett, I believe, competing for that starting left guard spot. But it also wouldn't surprise me at all if they were to take an offensive lineman in the early rounds of this upcoming draft. So again, part of it is what you assume is going to happen with future moves after the draft, but also a part of it is, yeah, if there was one other need that they do have, regardless of guys coming back or not coming back, it would be left guard. Yeah. And I mean, I do agree that like, if you're looking at it, see, but the one thing I will say is I believe even if Rob Gronkowski does come back and we'll get into this a little bit later, but uh, even if Rob Gronkowski does come back, I still think they could draft a tight end. I mean, even if the Dominican Sue comes back, I still think you could draft an interior defensive lineman because you're getting those guys on one-year deals, right? They're not coming on two, three, four-year deals. They're not the long-term solution at the position, uh, more of a stopgap. So I don't think that stops them you know, from, from drafting either one of those positions, obviously you bring up left guard. I think if you were looking at the weakness, you could say left guard is the one weakness on the offense. Um, but, you know, I think they have faith in Aaron Stinney. I think they like Aaron Stinney. So I think he'll get a shot. Like you said, you know, Robert Hainsey, um, but that's the one position, right? If they had a, a pick of you know, Zion Johnson in the first round or Kenyon Green in the first round, there's a few other interior offensive linemen available in the second and third rounds as well that, that could be interesting to them. And they could compete for a starting role right away. Um, so so that's, that's the one thing I would say. But I don't think this team has any pressing needs, right? Like, do they need a left guard? Probably not. Right. Like I, I would say probably not Could they use one. Sure. You know, you could always, you're always looking for upgrades and I think there could be a chance to upgrade from left guard, but you don't need one. And that's the, the good thing about the position that the Bucks are in is they were in a similar position last year where they didn't need Joe Tronchoenka, but it was a luxury basically. Right. Which is exactly why last year they also picked Kyle Trask. You know, they 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 picked the quarterback. You know, obviously they knew Kyle Trask wasn't going to play a single meaningful snap for them all season. But it was a luxury because they didn't have that many needs. So I think going into this draft, yeah, you might have a, a few more needs, but I still think you're in a very similar situation uh, where you don't have a ton of pressing needs. And that could lead to you maybe not reaching for a position, right? Not overdrafting somebody. You let the draft come to you. And I think that's the, the beauty of it. And that's how it's done. So I, I, go, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, and that's something we've seen Jason Light, you know, right. echo a lot in every draft. He always says, you know, hey, you want to be in the best spot you can possibly be going in the draft so you don't reach for guys. You want to take the best player available. And that's something we've seen Jason Light do 
for the most part, uh, throughout his entire tenure, at least in the first round, uh, as his time as general manager, you know? So uh, again, like you said earlier, last year with the blueprint of, Hey, taking Joe Tryon in, in the first round, even though they didn't technically need him. Hey, Joe Tryon still ended up playing a lot of snaps last year because of injuries to Jason Pierre Paul. I could see a similar draft scenario in this upcoming draft where, Hey, you know, they may get a third defensive end behind Golston and, you know, eventually sue if they do re-sign him. They may get a second tight end behind Rob Gronkowski if they are able to re-sign him. Exactly what you said there, where it's like a guy who might not be your day one starter, but is going to be a strong rotational type guy. That's a similar path I could see them taking this year, much like what they did last year. Right. And now we, we go on to more specific players. Uh, we haven't talked about players at all yet. So uh, I, I thought something was interesting and I wanted to discuss it on, on this show. Um, Pewter Report recently put out their seven round mock draft. Uh, and, and as a lot of people know, you know, we're good friends with a lot of people at Pewter Report um, and, and stuff like that. So we know, you know, Pewter Report's a credible site and they, they usually hit the nail pretty close on the head, right? When it comes to, to comes to the draft stuff. So they had an interesting pick for the bucks in, in round one, uh, Scott Reynolds ended up picking Logan Hall, a defensive lineman out of Houston for the bucks in, at 27. Uh, and I don't, obviously there's no projected trades or anything in this. So uh, maybe the bucks would look to trade down and select Hall. And at first it was a bit of a surprise. And then you started thinking about it a little bit more. And I always said this, I said it last year, look, late round picks, you have to assume they're basically the, the next round, a late first round pick. You're getting a probably, probably a second round talent, right? A second round, a late second round pick. You're probably getting a third round talent. You're just not going to be able, you're not getting a top 15 player at 27th overall. Like you're just not, not without tremendous risk. Right. Which there's there's a few guys in this class that could be, you know, available there, but it could be a tremendous risk to draft them. So um, let's talk about Logan Hall for a minute, because it seems like there's a lot of buzz. I believe Daniel Jeremiah had his mock draft show tonight and he had um, Logan Hall to the Bucks as well in the first round. So it seems to be starting to gain a little bit more steam. Um, it makes sense from a positional standpoint. I'm just not sure if it makes sense from a value standpoint. Um, what do you think about Logan Hall, his fit with the Bucks, and what that can mean for their defensive line? Yeah, I actually wrote an article about him yesterday uh, for over at BucksNation.com with a uh, draft uh, target pre- uh, profile on Logan Hall. And in terms of scheme fit and just overall size, like, yeah, Logan Hall is a fit, right? He's a big defensive lineman. I believe he's 6'4", 300-something pounds, something along those lines. He's a big guy, and he would slot into what the Buccaneers like to have in terms of their interior defensive linemen. You see guys like Sue. You see guys like Will Golston, Vita Vea. Uh, Logan Hall could fit right into that. Where I agree with you is definitely – talking about value when you look at logan hall he doesn't seem like like a first round guy he seems like a guy that would probably be taken in the mid second round maybe a little bit early second round but doesn't jump off the page as a guy of saying hey late first round guy logan hall uh this is a good fit again to go back to joe tryon a lot of people assumed and kind of figured hey joe tryon's a late first round guy that's what he's classified as Uh, A little bit of a different situation here with Logan Hall. But like you said, he is getting a lot of attention to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
Uh, a lot of people have been mocking him. A lot of people with a lot of good inside info, right? So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in regards to that. Um, and that is definitely going to be one of the more important names to pay attention to. But I do agree with you. Like Logan Hall as a guy, you know, wouldn't be mad if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers drafted him in the first round. But you do got to kind of question a little bit in terms of the value of that pick. It would make a lot more sense if the Buccaneers were to say trade back in the early second round or heck, you know, into the very, very last pick of the first round and take Logan Hall. That would be a preferable scenario. Yeah. And I, I mean, so it's funny, Logan Hall physically, when you look at him, he reminds you a lot of Will Golston. Um, they're different players. They're not, they're not the same player. Uh, I think Logan Hall has a bit more pass rush upside than Will Golston ever did. Um, I believe what Logan Hall had six and a half sacks, I believe is his final year in Houston. So, uh, you know, he he's grown a little bit as a pass rusher after not being that productive uh, as a pass rusher at Houston, uh, you know, the three previous years. So he's grown into that. He's a younger player. So there's still some potential there, right? He's a younger player. And I think that would also have sort of some bonus points of the Buccaneers. Um, I, I agree though. I just, the value isn't quite there for me. It's just, it's not, you just can't, I just thought you just can't, I don't know. I, I can't imagine you sitting there at 27 and obviously you know, they could try to trade back and be unsuccessful. We don't know, right? We don't know what conversations. Maybe there's nobody interested in moving up for 27. Like, it takes two to tango with a trade. So, uh, but I just, I have a tough time seeing Logan Hall being the best player available at that 27th overall. Well, me and you talked about this the other day where, you know, Logan Hall was a late bloomer, so to speak, in terms of college production. Uh, when I was doing research on his stats, 13 tackles for loss in his senior year, I believe six and a half sacks, like you said. So it was a good blend of run stopping ability and pass rushing ability. But his senior year was as good as his previous three seasons combined. Even better in, in some regards to certain metrics and whatnot. So like you said, it's not a guy who's going to jump off the page right away and, you know, be a, a wow, spectacular kind of name. Does it fit in, fit a uh, position that the Buccaneers would like to have a young guy in and grow and develop? Sure. Absolutely. Like he said, in terms of a little bit of value there based off of what we saw in college, uh, you know, it's a little bit questionable in my opinion. Yeah. And obviously there's, there's one more name that I want to bring up and I believe Reynolds actually has this as his second round pick in the mock. But I'm telling you, the more I get the feeling, more wouldn't surprise me if they considered him in the first round. And that's a Colorado State tight end, Trey McBride. I mean, he's probably the best tight end in the class, right? You clap, but okay. Um, he's probably the best tight end in the class. But that's not saying much, right? I wouldn't say this is a particularly deep tight end class. Don't get me wrong, Trey McBride, in terms of what he brings to the table and what he would be in this offense, would be a pretty good fit in Tampa Bay. Just the thought of drafting a tight end in the first round is not good value at all to me. Um, and I, I would, I'd much rather you sit at 27 and pick Logan Hall than, than sit at 27 and pick Trey McBride. I just, I can't get behind that. Um, and, um, I just, I don't value the position enough 
personally, like, especially in this offense, like I just, I don't value the tight end position enough to invest that high of a draft pick into a player who probably going to be a number one tight end. But if I'm picking a tight end in the first round, I'm picking them to be a star. I don't think Trey McBride is going to be a star. I think he'd be a good player, but I don't see, you know, superstar ability when I, when I look at him, I just, I just don't see it. So if we're talking about first round picks, that would really disappoint me. I think Trey McBride would be on the top, not that saying that he's bad. It's just to me, the positional value for that pick would just be awful, but I know you're a big Trey McBride fan. So what would be your thoughts? I love Trey McBride. I love him, but I, I agree with you in terms of tight end in the first round, probably not getting the best value, you know, like Jason Light said, you know, they they want to pick best player available. I don't know if Trey McBride would be the best player available out of some of the guys who could be available at pick 27. Don't get me wrong. I love Trey McBride. He's one of my, yeah, there's four tight ends. I love in this draft class, Evan, Trey McBride, Jeremy Ruckert, Greg Dulcich and Jelani Woods. I think I've mocked all four of them to the Bucks in my mock draft. So you, you can imagine that I, I am big fans of these guys. But like you said, heck, Evan, we've even seen guys get selected in the mid to early first round for tight end prospects, and they still aren't going out there and, you know, burning everything down in terms of production. Kyle Pitts mainly had, what, one, one touchdown last year in terms of his – Yeah, I mean – I, I still think he's a good player. I still think his potential is like through the roof. But right, right, and I, I do agree with that. But but I I think that in terms of positional needs, uh, like Kyle Pitts is an exception because the dude was just an absolute freak of a specimen of an athlete, right? But we've seen some other tight ends select in the first round in recent years not have as productive uh, rookie contracts their first few years in the league. I'm not saying Trey McBride would be the same exact way, but I, I do agree with you where it is saying like, Hey, it, it's not the best value for that pick. And it's, it's interesting because now we're two names in Logan Hall and Trey McBride. And for both of these guys, we're saying, I don't know if that's the best kind of value, man, for this. So it, it is a very interesting situation. The Bucks have, especially with the names that have been tied to them already at that 27th overall pick. I think the the best case scenario, if you're going to take Logan Hall or Trey McBride, if you were dead set on that in the first round, I think the best case scenario, and you had mentioned it earlier, would be to move down. And you can still probably get the, one of those two. Like, you still probably can. Detroit at 32? Well, if there's a quarterback at the, available at 27 and Detroit wants to make sure that they get him, you know, you could move down with Detroit, uh, especially, you know, make it a point to maybe stay in that first round because the important thing about that first round is you keep that fifth year option for your draft pick. Right. So that's the important part about staying in the first round. Now I'm not saying you have to, right. Jacksonville gives you an offer. You know, they're at the top of the second round. They give you an offer you like, okay. I think that would be the much more favorable outcome. If you were dead set on Logan Hall or Trey McBride, there are guys, we want one of those guys. It would just be much better value if you could, to get those guys, but also pick up another draft pick, which you're lacking right now, right? You have one through four, you have draft picks. You don't have a fifth and you don't have a sixth. So your, your day three is looking kind of light right now. And um, I think if you were able to pick up, you know, uh, an extra third and then an extra day three pick and still get one of those guys, that would make more sense to me. Um, 
do you think the Bucks could move down? Do you think they can move up? And, you know, I'm going to say I think they can move up, not in the first round. I think they can move up in the second round. You know, you could get creative. You want, you want Logan Hall and Trey McBride so bad? Um, move back from 27 to 32, get Logan Hall, and then if you want Trey McBride that bad, move up in the second round for him. You know, like he's probably going to be an early to mid second round pick because I just I don't see Trey McBride being available when they pick next. Like I just I just don't see that happening. Um, I I really can't see him being available at 60th overall. I just I can't. Um, so if you really want want both of them, okay. Like there's creative ways to do it. I that's the personal route I would take. What are your thoughts on the Bucks possibly trading down, possibly trading up? What do you think? You know, in any round, it could be the first, could be the second, whatever. I say trading back in the first round is the thing, you know, make it make sense. Right. And for me right now, there's not a ton of guys that we know, again, somebody could drop and it'd be like, that makes a ton of sense. Right. That's happened before with the bucks where, you know, they, this guys come out of nowhere and you're like, Oh, I didn't think about that, but yeah, that makes sense. Um, but right now with all the guys that we have heard linked to the bucks at pick 27, it makes sense for them to trade back, acquire more picks. I don't know if they would trade up in the second round because, again, like there's, you know, let's say, unless they're absolutely in love with Trey McBride, which they could. I think they sound, are. <laughs> it sounds like they might be. Um, but they're, Jeremy Ruckert, I think, does a lot of what Trey McBride can do just as well, right, in terms of blocking and, you know, a little bit of receiving ability in there. If they wanted to wait in the second round, they could probably get him in the second round or maybe the third round or something. Um, but I think the number one thing is trading back in the first round is probably the most appealing thing it has been for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in many years, right, because it's just the, the value isn't where you want it to be too much right it's almost there but it's like ah just a little trade a little bit back it'll make a lot more sense with what we're doing right now and like you said it'll bolster their picks they can get more depth or they can have the option to trade up for trade mcbride like you said in round number two or trade up for logan hall if they just decide hey we're going to take trade mcbride in round number one um or maybe there's somebody else they want to trade up for you know so i do agree with that a little uh, to a certain degree um, I would say trading back in the first round should be heavily considered trading up in round number two, do it. If you really do want a guy and he's still available in round number two, but if he gets taken, eh, then, you know, just kind of sit where you're at and kind of roll with what you got in that trade back in round one. Yeah. Check it, check it in on the live chat. Um, Willie Beeman holding it down. Emily Comp is in here. G Vegas, JC Allen says, what's up? What's up JC? Um, yeah. So obviously, like I said, we, there's a lot of options, right. When it comes to trading down, we won't know, right. We won't know which teams are actually interested in trading down trading up. And like I always say, it takes two to tango. So you can want to move 27 all you want. If nobody's calling you, you, you can't really do much. If you call another team and they say, no, like we're not doing it, you kind of got to stay there. It, you know what I think, Evan, is this has been such a crazy uh, analysis of the draft. A lot of analysts have said, hey, at the end of the day, we, we, this is a very unpredictable draft. You this know, is one of the most unpredictable drafts I can remember. Do you think there may be some name in there at pick 27 that a lot of people aren't? hearing about yeah. the bucks may genuinely sit there and be like yeah we're going to take this guy yeah i mean 
I think Logan Hall, Trey McBride could be one of those guys. Like, when did you hear like much buzz about Logan Hall or Trey McBride in the first round to the Buccaneers? You haven't heard it, you know, like the past three or four days when you've been hearing it. So, um, like, I think those two guys could could really be it. So, um, real quick, I wanted to discuss. Uh, we have a oh, oh, real quick. Hang on, hang on. We got a Wendy's fund. We got a Wendy's fund. Clap it up for Mikey. All right, clap it up for Mikey. All right, appreciate it, Mikey. Two hour super chat. Trade Scotty or Tyler Johnson for a pick. Now, okay, so let's say you would explore that. I would guess Scotty Miller probably has more value than Tyler Johnson. Um, a lot of GMs are going to remember Scotty Miller from the NFC title game. Yeah. However you're not getting a whole lot, if anything, um, you know, you're, you're just not getting a whole lot. And what at most, like maybe a sixth. I would like, say, I would maybe. say like, and look, that's not a knock on Scotty or Tyler Johnson per se, but great example. Last year, they really did have a good opportunity to put in some really good showings, especially Tyler Johnson. And they just weren't able to get it done as much as you would have hoped for, you know? So again, a sixth, you know, maybe a seventh. And at that point, it's not worth trading them. Just keep them, yeah. you know, and, and see what they can do. So I mean, obviously you're, uh, you're, you're listening on offers for everybody, right? Like you're, you're especially right. like those guys, like you're deep in the wires here position. You might add another one at some point in the draft, but yeah, I, I agree. I mean, if you're, if you're offered like a, a late fifth, sure. Jump on it, whatever. But like, I don't see any offering you a, a fifth round pick for either one of those guys interest there unless they really view like miller or tyler johnson as like a guy that can maybe be a fourth wide receiver with a lot of room to grow which i mean those you know those guys do have a lot of room mm-hmm. to grow still but it just all matters about what other teams value them at and i don't know mm-hmm. if a lot of teams would be interested so real quick and this is a guy i'm glad jc uh, in the chat, he brought this up. He's, he's a guy I wanted to talk about. David Ajabo uh, from Michigan, defensive end, was projected to be a, a mid-first-round pick. Like, this this was a guy who was projected to be a mid-first-round pick two months ago. But at his pro day, he tore his Achilles. Not an ACL, an Achilles. That's that's I think that's a worse injury than ACL, honestly. Um, and Achilles injuries are, are rough. So you're talking about a guy who is going to be out the entire season. So he says David Ajabo would be a surprise pick, but realistic option potentially. And I agree because apparently, uh, you know, JC's boss of Peter Report, Scott Reynolds, um, said that the Bucks do like David Ajabo a good bit. And I could see it, uh, but it would really surprise me. I just, and I I like the the point that Scott brought up when he was talking about it, because he had mentioned how if the Bucs didn't have Tom Brady, if Tom Brady didn't return, then maybe it's a little bit different because you're not looking to potentially maybe compete for a Super Bowl at that point. I just think with Tom Brady coming back, you need somebody who's going to contribute in some way in his first round and Trey McBride, while I wouldn't love it, he'd contribute, you know, Logan Hall wouldn't love it, but he'd contribute David Ajabo, regardless of the talent that he might have, you just, he's not going to give you anything this year. Like it's not even like as a rotational guy, he won't be on the field. Um, so, and then you're also talking 
Achilles, is this guy going to be the player? Right? Are you getting the, the, the same player that would be a mid first round pick? So David Ajabo would definitely be a, a surprise, but apparently, you know, they like him a good bit. So um, I, I guess, you know, wouldn't shock me. I you know it would shock me in the sense of like, they're essentially not even getting a, a rotational piece, right? They're not even getting a player that can help them at all in 2022. And I just think in win now mode, no matter what it is, your second round pick, maybe not your third round pick, maybe not, but your first round pick has to contribute in some way in some capacity in 2022, I think, or else it just, it doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah. You know, that's, that's another scenario where, Hey, maybe they trade back in round one. And then, you know, they pick, I don't know, Trey McBride in the first round. And then maybe they trade up for a David Ajabo in round two. You know, that could be a possibility. Because like you said, an Achilles injury can really affect a player. Look at what it did to OJ Howard. Yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, I don't think the Bucks are in a position, and I think they know this, where they can't pick a guy to have him sit out for an entire year. You know, it's it, like you said, whoever they bring in, uh, they need to contribute right away. Obviously, in the case of their second round pick last year, Kyle Trask, that didn't happen. But at least in the first round, you know, they were able to yeah. get Joe Tryon. And he was a things. contributor. Right, right. Um, so I would say at least in the first round, they, they'd have to spend it on a guy who would be able to contribute right away. Now, could they go a similar route in round two that they did last year where they get a guy and say, Hey, he's not going to contribute right away, but then let's see what he does in the future. Maybe. Sure. You know, and, and if, and if David Ajabo is there at 60, go ahead, you know, like the, the risk is worth it then, but for one, he ain't going to be there at 60. Like the, the talent's too good for the risk there. Um, but I mean, even you pick a wide receiver at 27, many people at the front might, might question it, but, wide receiver is going to play like he'll contribute, you know, especially like with the way the season ended last year, the bucks don't want that to happen again. So like that receiver would contribute and play. I just have a tough time seeing a player who's not going to even be able to practice. Like how is he going to develop this, this year at all? Like how is he going to be able to develop when he can't even be on the practice field? It's just, it's a tough ask for a team that's trying to win now. That's the biggest thing, you know, is, is, Hey, if there's an injury, the D line, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing. Yeah, you you, you spent a first round pick on a dude who, you know, Shaq Barrett goes down, not like David Ajavo can just step in, you know? Right. You know, or, or, you know, and that was the difference between like Joe Tryon going in round one last year was, you know, Hey, JPP went down, but we have Joe Tryon to sub in, you know, mm. and it's like, that's, that's what you need out of a first round guy when you're in a position like the bucks are in where it's like, Hey, contribute when you can contribute and with a job there, it's like, they can't, they don't have that. So like you said, that, that kind of supports our idea of, Hey, if they traded back, got some extra picks, traded back up into the second round to get David Ajabo, maybe, but right now I, it doesn't make a ton of sense. I would be surprised if they took him in round one. That would maybe be, I think that'd be a bigger surprise than, than Trey McBride to me. It's for, in terms of surprise. Biggest disappointment would definitely be Trey McBride for me. But in terms of surprise, the surprise factor, Jabba would rank higher than than McBride. And I think most Bucks fans could agree with that just because of what we said. You know, like he's not going to play. Now, real quick, we have two more things. Real quick, I wanted to talk about a player who, in the Believe mock draft, I had mocked to the Bucks. 
He was available, and I picked him for the Bucks. That's Georgia defensive lineman Devontae Wyatt. Now, he's a guy who's also been very popularly mocked to the Bucks. I believe Mel Kuyper Jr. and Tom McShay, they did like a combined mock draft, and they had Devontae Wyatt going to Tampa as well. He's a player who I actually have as my top defensive tackle. Like, I have him as better than Jordan Davis. I just – I like him better. Um, the tough thing about Devontae Wyatt – is something that not many people are talking about. And it's, again, something that Scott Reynolds brought up this week. I mean, Pew Report's been killing it with the draft coverage. The ages of the Bucks' first-round picks, if you look through history, right, Jason Light doesn't draft a lot of people who are older, per se, college players. Mike Evans was 20. Uh, uh, Jameis Winston was 21. Vernon Hargraves was 20. O.J. Howard was 22. Vita Vea was 23. Vita Vea was the oldest one. Devin White was 21. Tristan Wirfs was 21. And Joe Tryon-Shuinka was 21. Devontae Wyatt just turned 24. So that would easily make him the oldest first-round pick that the Bucs have ever selected under Jason Light. He clearly likes those players that have a little bit, a little bit raw, maybe, right? Like they have room to grow. They're younger players. I think, you know, they draft even like Ronald Jones in the second round. Ronald Jones was 20 years old. Um, you know, as I remember after Ronald Jones' first year, everybody's like, the dude's not like the dude just turned 21. Uh, so Devontae Wyatt, that's just that's a small reason. There's other there's some off field stuff. There's some some incidents that happen, uh, I believe, either last year or a few years ago that it happened. Um Obviously, we don't know as much information as the team knows. I'm sure the Bucks and every other team have looked into this much more deeply than we have or ever will. Um, they've done their due diligence, I'm sure. And if they feel comfortable with it, you know, maybe he will be the pick. It's a great fit. You know, I think stylistically, it's a really good fit in Tampa. Uh, he's could develop as a pass rusher, pass rusher a bit more, but he gives you more pass rush than I, th- I think a Will Golston does. And I think he has more potential than Will Golston. He'd be a nice fit next to Via Vea. So what are your thoughts on Devontae White? Yeah, I mean, that would be – that'd be a good value for the Bucks, right? If that'd be able- f- like fair value, yeah. Yeah, that would be a guy where you're like, okay, yeah, good pick by the Bucks. That makes a lot of sense, and it wouldn't feel – like a reach, like what, what we think about whenever we look at Logan Hall, whenever we look at Trey McBride, um, Devonta, why would be like, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense here. It'd be like, if Jordan Davis was there, it would be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, again, I, another question too. I agree with everything you said on that, but also is Devonta Wyatt even going to be there? We don't know. You know, there's a strong possibility he could get taken in the late teens, early twenties for, for his upcoming, uh, for the upcoming draft there. So um, I like the idea of him be joining the Bucks, but I do agree with a lot of what you said there in terms of uh, age and and uh, whether or not he will get taken early and all these other different types of things he has going on. But I do agree he'd be a good fit. He'd be a good value pick, and it would make a lot of sense for the Bucks. Uh, but there are some obstacles that would have to be moved out of the way for it to actually be done were he available. Yeah. Uh, Richard in the chat says he thinks the Bucks stay put at 27. Their cap space is too small to accumulate more draft picks. That's not a huge deal. Um, you can create for one, your, your, your draft picks don't cost you as much money as, as you think. 
Um, and I mean, at most they'd only be getting maybe one or two extra draft picks. So that wouldn't cost them a ton of money. That wouldn't be a, a big, you know, especially, I mean, if there's an offer they like to trade down, that's, Oh, or cap situation, that's not going to stop them. So I, I don't, I don't really think that that's a huge deal. Um, so, I mean, uh, Willie Beeman said, I sure wouldn't mind Wyatt, and he's damn sure better than Hall. I don't think there's any debate there. I just think, yet again, just like James said, is Wyatt going to be there? I think Logan Hall is going to be there. I have my doubts about Devontae Wyatt potentially being on the board for the Bucks of 27. If he is, I could see them still picking Logan Hall. You know, we don't know whenever a player has off field issues and he, he's an older player Again, history shows you that the Bucks first round picks, they like younger players. I think they could still pick Logan Hall. I believe Logan Hall is 21 years old. Um, I, I just I, I think there's a real shot that they could pick Logan Hall over Devontae Wyatt. I'm not sure I would bet on that. Right. I, I'm not, I would still think that if they're both on the board, the Bucks would probably lean towards Wyatt and maybe make an exception of that age thing. Um, maybe that's just a coincidence about the ages of players. Um, real quick, one last thing that I wanted to bring up before I get to my Bucks three round mock draft. Black Crow in the chat says draft a cornerback. And obviously, this has been a popular a popular topic of this of discussion for this draft. I think the, the thoughts on the quarterback thing depend on who you ask. It's either people think they're fine at corner or people think all the corners suck and that they need to, to draft. Uh, they need to get a number one corner. So obviously there's options like Kyrie Elam, Andrew Booth. Those are two guys who could potentially be available at 27. Uh, I'm not sure they're going to draft a cornerback at 27, the reasoning behind it could be that, I mean, Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting are both scheduled to be free agents next year. So are you going to resign both of them? Probably not. Are you even going to resign one of them? Who knows? You know, what if they, they both have bad seasons and you decide to let them walk? Then you're looking for two, you know, one or two cornerbacks to pair with Carlton Davis. That could be a reasoning to pick a Kyrie alum who I'll tell you what, my pro comparison for Elam is actually Carlton Davis. I see a lot of Davis in his game. And I just think that Elam would be a good fit for what Todd Bowles likes his corners to do. I'm just not sold. They're going to pick a, a corner at 27 because he can make an impact. Just like we talked about, you know, making an impact. I just think his impact at corner would probably be a bit less than some other spots such as tight end or a pass rusher. I think the impact would be a little bit smaller. Yeah. For me, I would say if you want to take a corner in round three or round four, I think that is uh, more of a better idea than say round one or round two. Cause like you said, you know, the bucks obviously have a lot of guys that are tied around one or round two in terms of defensive linemen or the tight end position, or heck, there's even a safety or two out there that have been tied to the Bucks, correct? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't shock me to see them draft a safety now. Right, but for me, whenever you look at corner, I mean, they just re-signed. You know, it, people think that you know some some there's some thoughts out there where it's like the Bucks haven't done anything at corner, but they re-signed Carlton Davis to a big money long term extension. He's a good corner, folks. He is. It's one of the top half corners in the league, in my opinion. Yeah. Jamel Dean has shown flashes of good play. Same thing with Sean Murphy Bunting. The coaching staff likes both of those guys and trusts them to be out there in terms of them being 
Well, we lost James for a second. There, there we go. Now you're back. Mike Warner. <laughs> oh, there we go. I'm back. <laughs> so even if you do, even if you do take a guy at 27, is he going to be your fourth corner? Is he going to be your third corner? Your second corner? We don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd be competing with Ross Cockrell and some of the other back and cornerbacks that they have. It's not a guarantee that he'd be an immediate contributor right away because cornerbacks, one of the spots where they already have a good amount of depth, you know, where they don't have a lot of depth, the interior defensive line and the tight end positions. That's why it would make more sense yeah. for those positions at pick number 27 rather than cornerback. Again, if you want to take this type of position and say the third round or the fourth round, that'd make a lot more sense. You give them a whole year to develop. You don't throw them into the fire or anything along those lines. Maybe you do reassign a Jamal Dean or a Sean Murphy bunting and they slowly get promoted to say from fourth corner to third corner, and then maybe somewhere else down the line. But again, just wouldn't make a ton of sense for me at pick 27, given the Bucks who do have a lot of depth at that position already, regardless of what some thoughts and opinions may be on it. Yeah, and uh, let's clap it up one more time for Mikey with another $2 super chat. All right, so let's clap it up again one more time for Mikey. He says Zion McCollum, or McCollum, sorry, who's a corner. Um, <laughs> he's definitely, in terms of length, he's definitely what you want. I think he's listed at 6'4". So I think I think he's the tallest corner in the draft. Um, he is definitely what the Bucks look for. I'm not sure if they have any interest in him, but he is definitely the type of corner that they look for in terms of physical traits. Um, real quick, before we move on to my three-round mock, David says, what if we take Burks at 27 or Christian Watson? Can't ever have too many weapons. Look at the depth, especially behind Chris Godwin. TJ and Scooter were non-existent in our passing game. Well, I will say, I think a lot of people forget Russell Gage exists. Like, I think a lot of people forget that they signed him or they look at the name Russell Gage and they just think that, oh, he's a depth player. But then they don't look at the contract that they signed him to. Like, he didn't sign that contract to be a fourth or fifth wide receiver. But... That being said, I would be surprised they took Christian Watson at 27. But if Traylon Burks is there, he's a guy where I think you can make an exception. I think he's a special player. Um, he's my wide receiver one. If Jamison Williams didn't get injured, Williams probably would have been my wide receiver one. But with the injury, I have Burks as, as my one. Um, I just think he's a good player. He's a perfect fit for the offense. And I, I doubt he's going to be there. Um, I, I, I personally do doubt he's going to be there, but he'd be the one guy that I'd like, if it's a wide receiver, I'd be like, Ooh, like the, yeah, that, that's fun. Um, but again, that I think uh, wide receiver at 27 could make more sense than corner. You can find a way to get the ball in Traylon Burks's hands, right? You can find a way to get a wide receiver involved and create more offense. It's tougher to find a way to get a corner involved in the defense. You know, so that's what we're talking about as far as impact. I think Traylon Burks or any receiver that they would pick in the first round would likely have more of an immediate impact than a Kyrie Elam or an Andrew Booth. I, I think those types of players, you can create things for them more easily than you can for a corner. For a corner, I understand that they had a lot of injuries last year in the secondary. You're kind of banking on that again. And I understand that, yes, like it was an issue last year with the secondary, with all the injuries. But I just don't know if, if you can, as far as impact, right, that's basically the theme of this episode, immediate impact for these players in the first round. Um, yeah, I'm just not sure. Sure, that corner gives you as much media impact as a receiver. So I'd consider a receiver there. Um, what, what would be your reaction, James, if, if they picked a wide receiver at, at 27? Would it depend on 
who it was or would you, you know, what would your reaction be? I think it would, it's not that it wouldn't, I would have a similar reaction if they would, if they would take a corner. Cause I, I think it's, it's a very similar situation. Like you said, you know, it is easier to get a, a fourth wide receiver out onto the field than say a fourth corner, especially considering I, the Bucks. Well, keep in mind, Chris Godwin's likely going to miss at least some time. I think, I think he's right. going to miss a few games. So you got to keep that in mind as well. Right. And then also you got to think about, you know, the Bucks have Logan Ryan at safety that they can have play cornerback and they have so much versatility on that defensive side of the football. Um, but I would have a similar reaction, which is like, Hey, I'd like the guy I'm, you know, it's fun pick. Like you said, cornerback, sure. That's a fun pick wide receiver. It's a fun pick, but you know, the Buccaneers do have a lot of wide receivers that they trust in that room. They've got Evans, they've got Gage, they've got Perriman and some of the other guys that they have in there now. Um, so, so like we said, it's maybe not might be the immediate need that you're thinking of. Like, again, I don't think it's as pressing of a need as uh defensive end or tight end, but you know, Hey, it, it, it'd be, it, it, it is what it is, man. Hey, I'd still support the guy, you know, that, that'd kind of be my reaction on that. All right. So now it is time for the final segment of the show. My bucks, three round mock draft. Now I put a lot of thought into this. However, I literally did it a few minutes before we went live. Like I put a lot of thought. I will say this is probably out of all my years covering the team, watching the draft. This is the most unpredictable. Like I just, I truly am not a hundred percent confident with what's going to happen. And I think a lot of different things could happen. So with that being said, in the first round, 27th overall, I have the Bucks selecting Lewis Seen, a safety from Georgia. I think they need a strong safety. Uh, you know, you talk about, well, they signed Keanu Neal. They signed Logan Ryan. They have Mike Edwards. All three of those guys are free agents next year. Keanu Neal and, and Logan Ryan signed one-year deals, and Mike Edwards is on the last year of his deal. So there's not much long-term stability there. Anton Winfield, it, it could be needing a contract as well. I'm not saying that Winfield's going to go anywhere, but like he, he'll be needing a contract in, I believe, uh, what, two years. So, you know, there's, I think, finding the long-term partner for uh, Anton Winfield would be very valuable. Lewis Seen is basically a Jordan Whitehead clone, and Bucks fans love Jordan Whitehead. You know, I like Jordan Whitehead. So if they love Jordan Whitehead, they're going to love Lewis Seen even more because I think Seen is more versatile than Jordan Whitehead. I think Seen can play coverage a bit better. Um, his, his, you know, his, 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 his range in the secondary is better. Um, and I, I do think that Seen would make a lot of sense. It'd be a perfect fit. It'd be a perfect uh, matchup. He's tough as nails. He could help in the run support. Like I said, they let Jordan Whitehead go for a pretty reasonable price. And I understand that they brought some safety depth in, but there's nobody there that strikes me as a, as a guy who, you know, is the long-term solution there. And I think Winfield seen in that secondary backfield could, you know, wreak havoc on opposing offenses. Um, yes, it is true. James did try to do the whole show shirtless, uh, we told him no, and he insisted, but we compromised. And yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, James has a shirt on. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you guys wonder why I don't come on the show as much anymore. <laughs> the hosts, oh. the hosts bully me. The chat no, bullies me. No, 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 no. 
You're just wrong. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> get, get to get to your next pick. No, no, no. I I, I, I want to get your thoughts on on Lewisine. That that would uh, I like Lewisine a lot, right? And and it is, in my opinion, more of a pressing need than cornerback. Uh, because the depth there is a, you know, like Logan Ryan's not going to be playing safety all the time. He's going to be playing cornerback as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Keanu where he, Neal, that's where he's been better for a large portion of his career too. Right. Keanu Neal. I like Keanu Neal. I think that he's a good safety, but me and you have talked about this a lot. Injuries have really, really, really taken a toll on him. It's also pretty telling that the Buccaneers got him for very cheap, uh, you know, maybe they don't view him as a full-time starter. I don't know. Uh, Lewisine, uh, like you said, would be a really, really good running mate with Antoine Winfield Jr. Add a lot of power, add a lot of ability, add a lot of what Jordan Whitehead was giving you just in a bigger body, right? Which, which I think would be huge because, you know, we know the Buccaneers coaching staff really liked Jordan Whitehead and what he was able to give them. And unfortunately, they weren't able to re-sign him this offseason. But you could fix a lot of that by getting Lewis seen here out of Georgia. And uh, it would be a fine pick. I would be cool with it. It would be one of those selections where we've talked about where it's like, Hey, it picked 27 value wise. It's a good pick. I think, I think it's fair value. Yeah. Right. So I, I would be totally fine with that pick. Not bad because also uh, he has been in that list of names that, you know, our good old buddy and pal Scott Reynolds has talked about in regards to being linked to the bot. So it's it's on par. Yeah. And for round two, 60th overall, I think David in the live chat may have bugged my phone because I have Periana Winfrey, interior defensive lineman uh, from Oklahoma. So I want to toss this to you. I'm not going to say much. I want to toss this to you because in your latest mock draft, I, I have I have Perion Winfrey going in the second round. But James, the, the, the wise man, James, uh <laughs> In, in all of his, his wisdom, he has Perrion Winfrey to the Bucks in the first round at 27. So what are your thoughts on Winfrey, and, and how do you think he fits with the Bucks? Well, first off, I've never said I, have a, I am a draft expert, so take that for what you will. Oh, I, I know that. <laughs> Secondly, I don't know if he'd make it to the, sec- to the Bucks' second round pick, personally. I think that he is definitely kind of in that fringe where – he reminds me a lot of a Logan Hall, a guy that could go late round one, but he should probably go early round two. See, me and you have a different view on Winfrey. <laughs> okay. Well, I like Winfrey. He would, much like what we said with guys like Logan Hall and Devontae Wyatt, slot somewhere in as a rotational defensive lineman and give you a little bit of run defense, which the Buccaneers like at other defensive linemen, give you a little bit of pass rush as well. He's got good size. He's got good athleticism. He's got good ability. Uh, but we do disagree on where he is going to be placed in this upcoming draft. But I do think we agree in regards to what he would be giving the Bucks uh, in the immediate sense as well as the long-term future as well. Yeah, he's listed as 6'4", 292. So he gives you a lot of length. Uh, he had five and a half sacks for Oklahoma um, this past season. So he has some potential as a pass rusher. Now, like, I don't, I think Logan Hall is a better player. I think Logan Hall is the higher ceiling. Um, but I think Winfrey would be really good value here. Uh, see, I, the difference that we have on Winfrey isn't, you know, drastic. Uh, it's just, I don't think he's a first round pick at all. Like, I don't think he's going to be considered there. I think he's a early to mid second round pick. And I have him just falling to the Buccaneers here. 
nobody knows anything when it comes to the draft folks. Okay. Like seriously, nobody knows anything. Half the time GMs don't even know what's going to happen on draft night. So um, I, I think Winfrey would make for a pretty good selection there. And now with my third round pick, keep in mind, this is what I think. I never do mocks based on sometimes I'll do it for fun, but I never do mocks typically based on what I would do. So I would pick Lewis scene. I'd be okay with parent Winfrey, but this pick isn't necessarily something I would do, even though I like the player and 91st overall, I have the Buccaneers selecting Jelani woods, a tight end um, out of, is it Virginia? Is it? Yeah, is it, Virginia? it is. Yes, um, it is. So Six James seven monster. Okay. You sound like Paul Heyman. Um, so yeah, Jelani Woods, I really like him. He's like one of my more like intriguing guys. He is a riser. He was a guy who I think was rejected by many as like a fifth round pick when this whole process started. And now like he's not making it out of day two. Like there's no way he's making it out of day two. So if the Bucks want him, I mean, he may not even be available at 91. <laughs> like if the Bucks want him, they're going to have to take him here because he ain't going to be available in fourth round. Um, so Jelani Woods is the pick at 91 for, for the Buccaneers. They get their future tight end. I believe Rock Gronkowski is going to return to the team. I believe Ndamukong Sue is going to return to the team, but they also draft future plans with Winfrey and then with Woods. You know, Evan, we were very close in our mock drafts. You know, we, had, we? Two, we had two of the same players. I had Jelani Woods. And oh, I did you? I didn't Perry even on. realize that. Either. Yeah, I, I had Jelani Woods and I had Perry on Murphy. Only difference is that I had Cole Strange in the second round. And I shout out to shout out to David in the chat who said Cole Strange, by the way. But uh, you know what, Evan? I saw Jelani Woods at the combine. This dude is a monster of a human being. He had the most reps on the bench press. Uh, pretty comfortably, which is saying something considering some of those tight end prospects that were out there. Woods had just has, he reminds me a lot of David and Joku, right? Where the dude just David Joku was first round pick, right? Where he's an athletic specimen. He's got the size, he's got the ability, but he's a little bit raw in regards to uh, receiving abilities and blocking abilities. Don't get me wrong, he's still an effective blocker, and I think he would be a capable number two tight end, but he needs a little bit of time to mold and grow into an all-around balanced tight end, uh, which is think is which is what I think he'd get here in Tampa Bay is the opportunity uh, to be able to do that, to grow and develop as a tight end and um, ultimately be a starter somewhere down the line. Also, I saw somebody say, hey, Perry on Winfrey, one run defense, LOL. He had 16 and a half tackles for loss in 2020 and 2021 at Oklahoma. That's pretty fair run defense, in my opinion. Logan Hall had 13 in his senior year. Uh, a lot of people think he's a good run defender, so there's not too much of a difference there, in my opinion. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's like Winfrey's strength, but I think he's fine. And like, I think I've, you know, like I've seen like a lot of things where like apparently like a lot of NFL coaches think like run defense is easier to like teach, right? Like it's easier to teach someone to defend the run that is to rush the passer. So if you have that ability to rush the passer, especially from the inside, which is what they're looking for, I think that makes you more valuable to the Buccaneers. And the thing about all three of these picks is I think all three of these picks will see the field in 2022. And I think that is so important. I really do. I know we keyed in on the first round pick seeing the field. I think the first and second round pick both of the see the field. That third round pick, maybe you can take the luxury there. 
but I think your first two picks have to see the field in some sort. I, they're not saying they're going to have to be starters, but I, I think they, they need to see the field at some sort. Um, in this mock, when I picked scene, Devontae Wyatt, I assume was not going to be there. Um, 60, when I picked Winfrey, Trey McBride was available. I assume Trey McBride was not going to be there. If, if he's available at 60, I think the Bucks are going to run to, to put the pick in for Trey McBride, but um, I just don't think he's going to be there. So that is the Buccaneers three-round mock draft for me. We'll see how it goes. Last year, I was right on Joe Tron Shoinka. Uh, I am not as confident this year just because, like I said, the unpredictability about it. Um, yeah, and it's that's that's a wrap on the show, folks. Uh, really excited to get the draft here. Uh, James, what do you got cooking up on the channel? Because this is sort of your weekend. Nothing. I have nothing coming up. No, you have nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> absolutely. No. So tomorrow I'm going to be live for the entirety of the first round of the draft. Jesus Christ, we're doing it again. I'm going to die. I think, because uh, then we're going to be live for day two as well. That's rounds two. That's round three. Evan, you're going to be there with me for that. That'll be an absolute blast. Everybody remembers last year when they drafted Kyle Trask and we all lost. Well, I lost my mind and Evan died a little bit on the inside. So that was pretty good. And then day three is a possibility we may go live for, depending on what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have in terms of draft picks. We might just be live for their fourth round pick and then say, all right, see you later. Um, but if they get more picks, if they trade down, then obviously we're going to stick around for a little bit longer. But yeah, really fun, jam-packed weekend coming up here soon, folks, with a lot of draft coverage, a lot of live streams. Stay tuned for it because it's going to be a lot of fun. And I also will have videos coming out immediately after the draft picks are made as well, talking about what those players are able are going to be able to contribute to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So stay tuned for that as well during the draft live stream. Yeah, and of course, uh, follow the page on social media at Cannon Fire Pod on Twitter, Cannon Fire Podcast on Instagram. Follow me at Bucks underscore Daily on Instagram, on Twitter at uh, Evan NFL. Obviously, subscribe to Mr. Bucks Nation. You'll never miss a beat, okay? You will never miss a beat. And uh, we will be back to recap the draft with you either Monday or Tuesday, probably. We'll, we'll get Rhett feeling better. And don't worry, you won't have to hear my voice as much. So that'll be good news for all, for all the listeners out there. Uh, we appreciate you listening. We hope you enjoy the draft. Uh, if you're going to listen to this, let us know your thoughts on what you think the Bucks should do. Uh, any surprise picks, any, any thoughts that you may have on the draft, let us know. And uh, we appreciate all the support. Thank you very much. And go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save.